The following program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 6th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I'm here to empower my community, providing you with opportunities and solutions when it comes to your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have in studio today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And my lineup for the show today, I have Leah Masek with Built Green Master Builders Association, the importance of benefit and benefits of green homes and built green. Also in studio, I have Sandy McCallan with Etiquette for You. Etiquette for success is today's and how it is in today's professional world. Also, I have in studio Sally Fox with Engaging Presence, turning creative energy into innovation. Build a positive culture one story at a time. Create a future you can believe in and ignite collaboration. Sally's philosophy is developing inspired leaders. Great information and great guests in studio today. For more information or topics that you'd like to hear on future shows, please call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 41150 or online at com, And here's today's Money Chat. Money. Money. If you're in the real estate market, purchasing a home, maybe refinancing a home, refinance not bringing as much pressure as far as timelines as a purchase is. Well, where the timelines and backups are right now is appraisals. I want to talk a little bit of appraisal facts to give you an understanding about appraisals and maybe some common questions or questions that you have may have as a listener. Uh, the homeowner, will you receive a copy of the appraisal? Yes, the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, ECOA, requires creditors to automatically send a free copy of home appraisals and all other written evaluations on the property after they are completed, regardless of whether credit is extended, denied, incomplete, or withdrawn. So as soon as that appraisal report comes back in, you should receive a copy of that in your email within 24 hours. What kind of information can you ask your agent to provide? Or for my realtor partners, because I have a lot of regular realtor listeners out there as well as a lot that come into studio. And so things that you can do to help with the preparation for the appraisal process to make it a little bit easier for the appraiser is prepare an appraiser's package. In advance, have available for the appraiser at the property a package that would include plats, surveys, deeds, conveyance, homeowners uh, documents, floor plans, specifications, uh, inspection reports, neighborhood details, recent similar uh, quality comparables. That would be at the minimum. You want to have all your comparables ready and how that value is getting supported. Make it a little bit easier for them. Uh, detailed list and dates of upgrades, remodels, and cost of energy efficient green features, which we have a green feature specialist here in studio today. Um, if you can and it's possible to meet the appraiser out to the property as a real estate agent, 
Um, just to make their jobs, again, a little bit easier. They're so backed up and busy right now. And helping with that report to just remember that the appraiser does have an opinion, an opinion on value. So the the easier that we can make it for them to be favorable on that opinion uh, sometimes could make it easier process. Uh, can I speak with the appraiser? Yes, regulations allow real estate agents or other persons with interest in the real estate transaction to communicate with the appraiser and provide additional property information, including a copy of the sales contract. An agent or other persons uh, with interest in the real estate transaction may not obviously intimidate or bribe an appraiser for uh, a more favorable value. Uh, Where the confusion may come up with is the lenders. The lenders are not directly talking to the appraiser. They're working through a management company, which I will talk about in just a second. Uh, As a realtor, if you're wondering uh, to make sure that you're staying safe in this area of communication with appraisers, you can go to realtor.org slash appraisal slash appraiser dash independence. And you can find that on my website uh, as well. Now, why do I, do you want to talk with the appraiser value? Um, if, if the value is inaccurate, are you able to communicate with the appraiser on that? Yes, you can. So um, if there's any issues that come up in the appraisal with the value, if there's additional information that you can provide to help and why you feel that the value is there, you can go through that uh, process uh, with the appraiser to help with the appeal process. The appeal process is going to go through the lender. Again, they're going to be going through a management company, which I'm going to talk about in just a couple minutes. Uh, Why does a lender give the appraisal a copy of the purchase and sale agreement? The government-sponsored enterprises, GSEs, require that an appraiser and um, analyze the sales contract and the appraiser must confirm the contract of the appraisal report. So the appraiser is looking at the terms of the sales contract, the uh, compares the uh, what's typical in the market, looking at what type of loan programs available. Um, so that's why the contract is provided to the appraiser at the time that the appraisal is ordered. Now, why do appraisers sometimes take assignments if they are outside of the market area? Well, appraisers are required to be competent in the geographic area where they're going to be working. So if they're choosing to pick up an appraisal in an area that is out of their normal area and you're wondering if they're experienced, they have to know that geographic area to do that. Now, some appraisers work in cities and and counties beyond their residence, but again, are knowledgeable in the specific areas. Otherwise, they're not allowed to pick up the appraiser. So if you suspect that the appraiser is not competent in the area that he's appraising, uh, you can contact the lender uh, to put in your concerns. Now, does have a buyer have a choice on the, or does the buyer's financing choice affect the impact of the appraisal process? Yes, it can. The appraiser must complete with the um, comply with the Uniform Standards of Professional Appraiser Practice (USPAP) and appraisal regu- regulations, but also follow any additional requirements from the mortgage lender, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, FHA, USDA, VA. So all of them have different uh, requirements in how that appraisal report is completed. Now, how long does the appraisal process take? It really just depends. It depends on uh, you know what's happening in the environment. And right now, that's what, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this in today. And I've ca- talked a couple times during Money Chat in the last few weeks about appraisals because it is a a challenge in the turn times and what's coming up. There's just not enough appraisers out there. That's the bottom line. And so once again, yes, we have hit once again historical low interest rates. 
not just low, but we've hit another historical low interest rates. So with that, the volume appraisals that are coming in for uh, those of you that are looking at refinancing your homes, again, with the purchase contracts, there's been a lot of changes in um, the requirements as far as what the appraisers have to do and what they're putting on the report. So there's just a lot more work. It takes a lot more time. So again, it's going to it's going to vary. But I think if you're looking, you know, at a two week, that probably is a good estimate. So if you're looking at purchasing, I want to give a, a call to action or shout out to my buyers out there. It's really, really important that you acknowledge and provide the intent to proceed once that contract is, um, uh, you have mutual acceptance. So that's the disclosure package, getting the disclosure package back as quickly as possible because nothing can happen with the appraisal process until that's been completed. So you need to have a sense of urgency uh, there, especially if you're looking at under a 40-day close. Now, how can I um, know more about the appraisal process? For you as a consumer, talk with your lender again, um, or you can go to the Appraisal Foundation, Foundation Guide to Underwriting guide to understanding, we're not talking about underwriting today, understanding the residential appraisal at realtor.org slash appraisal. Again, you can find that on my website uh, at themoneyr.com. The appraiser uh, develops an independent, impartial, and objective opinion on the value of the property. The appraised value may not always support the sales price of the home. Uh, This means that the appraiser's opinion is saying that the buyer is paying more than what the property is valued at. What is value? It's what people are willing to pay for a property right now, today, as that appraisal is getting completed. What are your options there? If for some reason the appraisal comes low, you've got three. Seller lowers the price. Not likely going to happen in this environment. Buyer agrees to pay the the difference. That's what I'm seeing in a lot of situations. The buyer is paying the difference. Or both parties are deciding to walk away from the contract. Now, for you as a buyer, you need to make sure that you understand the contingencies and what you've waived up front to be more favorable in that offer negotiation at the beginning of the process because you may not have the opportunity to walk away. So make sure you understand your contingencies and uh, talk with your realtor about that. Um, who orders the appraisal? The appraisal is ordered by the mortgage lender. Uh, again, they're ordering through uh, management, an appraisal management company known as an AMC uh, for the appraisal process because the lender are not having direct communication with the appraisers, but instead they're going through a third party uh, that was all part of our Dodd-Frank Act and uh, changes, uh, many changes that happened, but that's just the one through the appraisal process. So hopefully that helps you out a little bit of understanding about facts on the appraisal uh, timelines. Again, any questions that you have uh, for me in the mortgage arena, you can reach out to me through the show, one 855 or you can go online at themoneyhour.com. And coming up next on The Money Hour, the importance and benefits of green homes and built green. Leah Mystic with Built Green Master Builder Associations right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Has your bank or lending professional turned you down? Have you felt that your lender just doesn't understand you or your project? Do you wish there was a lender that wouldn't beat you up for your credit history and actually look at the project collateral and exit strategy instead? Scott Estes and Veristone Capital are helping real estate agents, loan originators, financial planners, buyers, and real estate investors find lending solutions in today's turbulent and ever-changing market. We take pride in saying yes when others say no and seeing your project come to life. We offer a personalized performa that will lay your project out and offer full transparency with zero commitment or costs on your part. 
Scott Estes and Veristone Capital are bringing Make Sense loans back to lending and put more weight into collateral and exit strategy than credit risk of the borrower. This is Scott Estes with Veristone Capital in Kirkland, Washington. To learn more about our lending programs and unique solutions or to get your personalized performa of your next project, you can contact me at 425-891-8260. Again, that's 425-891-8260 or email me directly at scott at estesteam.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 6th show. My goal is to help keep you up to date on the latest news and trends in our local economy and keep you tuned in. Uh, by keeping you informed. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but you can always call the show at one 855 411 or online at com to ask any questions uh, for the guests that I have in studio today. And I don't know what all of my uh, listeners are doing out there, but I hope you can see the Blue Angels because they are everywhere. It's just amazing day. Um, Leah, thank you so much for coming into studio. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tina. First time uh, here in studio visiting with me, Leah Mystic with Built Green Master Builder Associations and a little bit about uh, Leah. Leah joined Built Green as the program manager about two years ago. As the program manager, she has grown the certification uh, Conduct Green Home Study that received national attention and was nominated for the Northwest Emmy Award for public-facing ad campaign on the advantages of living in Built Green Home. Now, prior to Built Green, Leah worked as a a renewable energy analyst supporting a small-scale renewables program where a utility bought back energy as a premium rate. Now, Leah attended uh, Kean College, where she majored with distinction in languages and international studies with the concentration in environmental studies. She then received her master's in public affairs in 2012, was Indiana University, where she specialized in economic policy and international for- affairs and was honored with Economic Excellence Award. So let's go ahead and get started and talk a little bit about uh, Built Green. So can you share, Leah, with my listeners what Built Green is? Definitely. So Built Green is a green home certification program of the Master Builders Association. As a certifying body, we basically verify and certify that a home is as green as it says it is. In addition, we also have a member network, so we support our Green Builder members and other members, and we also provide education to the public and to our members about building green. So, Leah, why is Built Green so important? Well, of course, when you hear the word green, you often think of the environment as a separate abstract thing, and we do exist to protect the environment, but it's also really important for homeowners and home dwellers. If you're living in a Built Green home, for example, your home is going be a lot healthier and a lot more comfortable and you're going to save a lot on your bills. So those are all reasons that an individual person should choose Built Green as well. So in King County, how many homes are Built Green in the the standard? Yeah. So nowadays, about a third of new single family homes in King County are being built to our standard, which we're really excited about. Last year, about 900 homes were built. Wow. So it's our numbers are really increasing and we see an uptick in green building happening right now. So, Leah, why do you think um, the it's becoming so popular now? 
I think people are both ethically and financially driven um, toward built green homes. We know it's better for the environment and it's better for our families. So a lot of times people want healthy environment, healthy families. That's what built green means. But Mm -hmm. of course, also you're going to see savings in owning the home. You're going to have lower utility bills. Your materials in your homes are going to be more durable. So those are all reasons that add up. There's a lot of benefits and they really just make sense for homeowners. So why does the certification even matter if a home is built in a green matter anyway. Yeah. So basically with our certification program, we have verifiers out in the field who visit the site multiple times and they make sure that everything the builder is saying they're doing in the home actually is happening. Then as a program, we review it as well. And so that's an additional check on your home. That's really important. We've come across a lot of homes that claim to be green homes when in fact there's not much of a difference between that home and a code home. Wow. So it's it's really assurance. It's proof that The builder is doing what they're saying they're doing. There's a lot of what we call greenwashing going on out there, Mm -hmm. where green is a really popular thing nowadays. People always want it, but you need to make sure the quality is there, and that's what our program provides. That's awesome. So let's talk about the benefits of purchasing a built green property. Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned earlier, built green homes are not just green, but they're healthy. As a certification, Built Green is holistic. So we look at energy, water, indoor air quality, materials, a lot of things that people don't readily think about, but that are really important for their daily health and their daily comfort. So your homes are going to have higher indoor air quality. They're going to be more durable. You're not going to have to replace things as often. And of course, the big kicker is utility bill savings. People are always excited when you know, they have to pay fewer bills. And you can, of course, count that toward your mortgage as well. Consider that when purchasing a home that your monthly payments on your utilities will be lower. Perhaps you can take out a larger mortgage because of that. Yes. So let's let's talk about that a little bit more because the show is called The Money Art because (laughs) it's really about saving my listeners' monies in all all areas of their finances. So what kind of savings can you really see from a, a built green home? Absolutely. So With our certification, single-family homes at the lowest level have to be 15% more energy efficient at minimum than a code-built home. So that tells you right there. And then, of course, the higher the level you go, four-star, five-star, even emerald star, the more savings you're going to see. Okay, so really look into those different stars to see Mm -hmm. overall what that savings is going to be. Absolutely. Now, on that same, and uh, Leah, what type of additional costs can they be looking at to, to benefit from the savings side? Yeah, absolutely. So for additional costs, there are a number of green products that can be included in a home that entail some upfront costs but lead to savings in the long run. Of course, solar is a huge one. People always hear about solar. That's a really common one. But you can also look at, for example, more efficient water heaters, what kind of heating system you have. The more efficient those units are, they might be a bit more expensive, but you're Uh going to save a lot in the long run on your bills. Okay. And um, so what about the significance of net zero? So net zero is great. If you can get a net zero energy home, that means your home is producing as much energy Uh as it is using over the course of a year. So in the long run, your bills are going to be zero, or maybe the utility will even owe you money. For example, up in the Issaquah Highlands, there's a development called Z Home, and that's exactly what happened. We designed this home to be Mm -hmm. net zero energy along with the builder. That was the specification. And a few years later, we followed up, checked on what the actual usage was of the occupants, Mm -hmm. and 
they're using net zero energy. They don't have to pay utility bills. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How exciting would that be? Yeah, no electricity bill. (laughs) So any other shout outs that you know of people that are purchasing in our area in King County? Yeah. So last fall, we certified our first what we call Emerald Star. It's our highest Mm -hmm. certification level. We certified the first Emerald Star home in Ballard. And we're about to look at a year of occupancy. And I heard from the home builder, Dwell Development, that we're looking great. Those homeowners are getting money back from Seattle City Light because the home is producing more electricity than they're using. So Leah, can homeowners get their remodel certification as built green? Yes, absolutely. Because there's a lot of that going on, yes. obviously, now with equity coming back and interest rates so low. Yeah, we're, we're really excited about that. Uh-huh. And we do believe, of course, if a home um, already exists and there's a potential to remodel it um, to a higher standard of efficiency, uh-huh. go for it. And we do certify remodels. We also have what we call a retrofit checklist, which is a little bit lighter. So if you're doing a smaller scale remodel, you might want to check that out as well and get that certified. That will have the potential to increase your home's value, in fact, to carry that certification. Okay. So, Leah, right now, in, in people when people are listing their homes, do you have any type of numbers or percentages that you feel comfortable sharing with listeners as far as what homeowners might be getting in addition um, to their house when they're selling a green it's, it's really hard to say, to be honest, yeah, in, this okay. hot, in this hot market. It's hard for me to give you numbers because they depend on so many different factors. We have seen in the past that there's um, perhaps a few percent markup, but okay. that's based on old data. Right now with the market as it is, can't say makes, for sure. Makes yeah. sense. <laughs> now, what about any tax benefits? Are there still tax benefits available for homeowners that have homes built green? Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of different benefits, both for the homeowner and for the home builder, in Uh fact. So, for example, we have done a lot of work with local government. So when builders build these homes, they can get um, money back from the government. They can get their permit more quickly, et cetera. As far as homeowners go, there's a lot of different utility rebates out there for efficient products if they want to swap out what they already have. Or, of course, we know there's a lot of funding um, out there on a lot of different levels for purchasing solar, as an example. So depending on the situation, depending on where exactly the home is, there are definitely options. Yeah, and I've, I've done shows just specifically on solar. I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing. It's, you know, I know it's specific in the area that you're at or, or the environment that you're at and whether solar obviously, obviously is going to work, but some huge, huge savings on that. And also there are some um, uh, calculations or uh, software that can be run through that you could really get an idea of how much money you're going to save. So something good to look into. Uh, my listeners love stories, Leah. <laughs> Any stories that you can uh, that you can share with them, success or not? Yeah. So one of the best stories um, came about when I was doing research on Z Home to see if it was actually living up to its net zero energy claims, which uh-huh. it was. And I interviewed a couple of the homeowners, Brian and Karen, and their story was really interesting to me because they had been looking for a home up in the Issaquah Highlands. It hadn't even crossed their mind that they wanted to buy a green home. Uh-huh. But then they saw Z Home and were really intrigued by it. And the more they looked into it, the more this idea sort of crept into their hearts. They ended up buying this home. And as a result of living in this home, they've actually changed their behaviors to be greener. They really... Wow. They really enjoy their home because there's all these energy and water monitoring devices in the Mm -hmm. home, and it's a game for them now. How much can we save today? How much can we use today? So it was really great just to see how much they love their home, how comfortable they are in their home, and how it has really influenced their lives in a positive way. Changing their lifestyle. That's that's beautiful. Um, If my listeners want more information, how can they get that, Leah? Yeah. So our website is builtgreen.net. 
And also, we have a conference coming up on September 13th, which okay. is not just for builders. It's for anybody who's interested in sustainability or green building. So if you're interested in the conference, you can go to builtgreenconference.net and learn more. Wonderful. Leah, thank you so much for visiting me in studio. I'll definitely have to come back in. Sounds good. Thanks for chatting with me. Coming up next on The Money Hour, how important is etiquette when it comes to your professional business and embracing in professional life? Well, I have Sandy McCullough with Etiquette for You right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Do you want to increase your professional effectiveness and create long-term clients who bring their friends with them? Sandy McCalla with Etiquette For You takes pride in helping professionals and companies deepen their people skills and enhance their corporate culture. Sandy is a certified etiquette consultant, speaker, and mentor with over 45 years in service industries who specializes in building successful track records. To get more information on a customized plan for yourself or your organization, you can call me directly at 425-209-9952 or reach me online at etiquetteforyou.com. Again, that is Sandy McCalla, Etiquette For You at 425-209-9952 or etiquetteforyou.com. I look forward to connecting with you soon. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 6th show. I'm committed to providing you the knowledge needed to be successful in every area regarding your finances. Knowledge is power, and that's what you'll receive from listening to the show. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. To talk with the guests that I have in studio, please call the show at one 855 400 1150. Again, that's 1-855-411150 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, another first time uh, guest visiting with me is Sandy McCalla with Etiquette for You. Sandy, thank you so much for joining me in studio today. Thank you. It's a delight to be here. And a little bit about Sandy. Uh, Sandy has over 45 years in the industry in business administration, real estate investments, transportation, air freight, truck, air, fr- air freight trucking, and bulk comedy- commodities, uh, adequate education, community associations, condo and detached home and large-scale master plan communities, and executive management. While her core skills and corporate leadership and operation process improvement, her passion to equip others with skills and resources to become high achievers in their chosen field. Sandy brings practical, sustainable knowledge to life skills, encourages others to grow and embrace change and success. Etika for You recognizes the need for and cultivates nimble business applications and accommodate a growing global influence and customized training for today's business needs. Resources available for customized requests and bring in the best information forth to meet trending interest and vision. Well, Sandy, I'm excited to uh, bring this topic into studio because I never have before and I've had the show for uh, working into seven years now. So, um, and it's interesting. Again, the show's all about money. How do we be successful in our personal 
and our professional life. And really, money is a big part of that. So how to save money and be strategic with it. And so for all of my um, professionals that are out there listening, um, I think this is key in any industry when you're working with uh, consumers. And for uh, people that are listening that are not in the professional arena, when you're trying to get a job, when you're interacting with other people and building friendships, etiquette is important. So that's why I'm really excited about the topic today. So Sandy, what really is etiquette and how important is it? Etiquette actually originated back in the time of Louis XIV and the gardens of Versailles was the the initiating point of it. The gardeners had people trampling all over their their work and their plantings. So they decided to start putting up these tickets that told people, you know, don't don't walk on the grass or mm-hmm. don't don't touch the posies, whatever. And the word etiquette actually is French for tickets. And that's uh-huh. where that word comes from. So uh, Louis XIV saw what was happening in the gardens, and he expanded on these tickets and wrote many similar tickets for political figures and the public to follow when approaching and addressing the king and developed these into social mores for the general populace as well. So Louis XIV's tickets actually promulgated some civility among the citizens of France and succeeded in bringing peace and order to the citizenship. The necessity of it really is, you know, if you're if you're not interacting with other people and you're out there by yourself in the world, there's no need for etiquette. Which I don't I don't know anybody that would, right, Sandy? That's right. I, all, there, yeah. there are very few that are that are doing that. So etiquette really is necessary when we deal with others in any part of our lives. Mm-hmm. It sets up expectations of behavior, it sets up predictability and opens the door for connection with others. It helps to build trust and subsequently to develop relationships. Humans are social beings, and so etiquette will, all, etiquette will always have a place in our daily lives to promote interactions and facilitate relationships. The more we understand this language of behavior, the more successful we'll be with others and we'll derive greater satisfaction in our relationships. Mm. Bottom line, etiquette makes us turn our focus from ourselves to others, and when in doubt, always consider how those around you want to be treated in order to befriend and interact with you. Makes sense. Love to get to his, the history behind that as well. So what if I have a listener out there that's asking, well, isn't etiquette a bit old fashioned for today's world? Well, etiquette has, you would think that that would be the case, but it really mm-hmm. has changed and flexed with all of our social standards. It's actually been said that social etiquette was once more focused on chivalry and that business etiquette has its roots in military protocols. There are social standards today that most of us do without even thinking about the origin of the standard. For instance, the handshake. In earlier civilizations, people shook hands to show each other that they weren't carrying a weapon to threaten the other party. In Roman times, the forearm was actually employed in the handshake to make sure there was nothing up their sleeve to endanger the other person. (laughs) Today, the handshake is really more of an early act of trust Mm -hmm. that we greet each other and offer friendship. Yeah, and when you talk about the handshake, and this is a whole nother show because we have so many different cultures that are here, and uh, again, whether it's a you're, you're in your professional profession or you're trying to connect with somebody on a personal level, each culture has a different way of uh, handshaking. So they do. We'll have to uh, we'll have to bring in different etiquette, different cultures for another show. So, Sandy, um, how does etiquette apply to the world of my show, The Money Hour? <laughs> yes. Well, the basic principles still apply because it's people Mm -hmm. with people, people interacting with each other, how they treat each other and that they treat each other with respect, civility in their interactions and kindness. So there are many people and transactions involved in purchasing real estate and especially in making the best decisions about that purchase. It requires expertise, wisdom and cooperation on everyone's part. 
it's best to consider building a team of experts to guide the process and to pose the best options for the buyer and the seller to make decisions and to negotiate the exchange. So establishing trust, getting all the best information available at the time, and navigating through the lending process for the best outcome is critical to success. Because of the complexities of lending and the legal aspects of purchasing real estate and the commitments made by all parties to a successful transfer of property, nerves can easily be frayed before Mm -hmm. the ink dries. When emotions start running high, I really recommend taking a deep breath, stepping back, calm the process to make sure everyone is on board, all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, and saving some of that nervous energy for a celebration at the closing. Boy, you know the, you know our industry well, Sandy. <laughs> yes, yes, I've been there so, a little bit. Yeah, so when we talk about uh, etiquette, I mean, we can all go back and, and remember when we were kids growing up and our parents uh, tried to teach us etiquette and our teachers in the school. So what's different right now than what we learned back so many years ago? Yes, good question. Passing on the knowledge of etiquette has been impacted and diminished by several key factors. Number one, the very busy lives of both parents and children. Secondly, the great amount of information that's available but not necessarily taught or passed on in stories or in schools. And thirdly, gaining social knowledge through the computer, through television Uh and media, rather than through experience of interacting with others. So this has caused our youth to learn from each other more than from those that are more seasoned or just to wing it. So our generations are not socialized the same way they were in the past. There are principles of etiquette that have not been passed on, and it has changed our people skills. Just listening to the news alone, civility is in short supply, and human respect is not necessarily the norm. Modeling of good behavior or good deeds is more evident when we have a crisis than as a daily norm. Some would even say courtesy is not that common. Yeah. That's um, sad, but uh, can be true. So let's let's talk about technology a little bit. Um, there's a lot of communication that happens through uh, email and text, and that's happening in business uh, mm-hmm. in the business world. So I'm sure there's uh, a lot of etiquettes with that as well. But let's talk about social media and the etiquette standards in that arena. Mm-hmm. Well, social media has brought in a whole new dimension and a long list of new social rules. We've all experienced situations that border on antisocial behavior when social media is involved, and it can have immediate devastating effects. Everything from offending others to losing one's job Mm -hmm. to being socially banned to even being imprisoned. Uh, Just looking back at recent news headlines, you can see that it accounts for a healthy percentage of news stories. In etiquette classes, we cover everything from cell phones, email, electronic records to online dating, and cyber activities, it's practically a whole new book on social interaction. One of my colleagues, Arden Kleis of Kleis Etiquette, has recently referred to this new area as digital diplomacy. I think mm-hmm. that may be a good term for it. Yeah. Boy, it sounds like you guys are going through as many changes as we are in the mortgage arena with oh, uh, yes. the disclosure process. So uh, what trends do you see coming up in the future as far as education on etiquette, Sandy? Well, there are several trends that are notable. Uh, number one, businesses that are going to focus that focus on high-level client services and long-term relationships are employing more trainings and expertise to boost their employee engagement and to, uh, their corporate culture. People who are uh, graduates of higher education are also en- engaging in classes provided either by their institution or, in some cases, private coaching. Children's classes have reduced in availability. However, I really believe the time is ripe for those to increase. 
and business coaching options have really boomed. I, I look to see more occurring through podcasts, webinars mm-hmm. with national speakers and specialized topics. Etiquette is a huge area of information and trainings and increasing specialties such as social media, corporate culture, building relationships and leadership. I've seen attempts to provide information through the web, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Generally, these are topical and are not always comprehensive. In some cases, it seems the digital world allows for the airing of pet peeves more than an all-encompassing social practice that fosters friendship and compassion. And I do appreciate that small faux pas can be deal-breakers, but a balance needs to be struck so that everyone can be respected, honored, and valued for their contributions. Not that we will all agree. Disagreement, in my, uh, in my way of thinking, is the breeding ground of improvement mm-hmm. and an attempt to be inclusive. Of course. So, Sandy, today, uh, what key etiquette habits uh, can business people focus on to improve their success? Well, I echo the key habits that are discussed in Thomas Corley's book, Change Your Habits, Change Your Life, which covers his five-year study of self-made millionaires and their daily habits. The immediate ones to focus on that qualify as rich habits, according to Thomas, are learning how to properly introduce yourself and others, exhibiting proper dining etiquette in social situations, and sending handwritten thank you cards, Mm -hmm. not emails, but handwritten thank you cards. Becoming proficient and conquering these three provides good stepping stones to savvy professionalism and builds trust, not only for the clients, but for upper echelon and for individuals. Well, Sandy, even in handwritten uh, cards a little, uh, you know, you may not think about when you're writing, be really careful to not be using I, but be using you. Exactly. So there's even etiquette in how you're writing those handwritten cards. Exactly. So, Sandy, it's been uh, discussed that the jobs of the future will pattern more uh, after freelancing and projects-oriented work. So businesses will not be focused on staffing up to the levels that they do today, subsequently providing uh, this type of in-house training. So how does an independent contract become more informed and experienced on etiquette practices? That's a great question. The best options for independent contractors or any any positions that fund their own education, such as real estate agents, will be seeking out and taking extension-type classes that are offered for adult education at local colleges and universities. Also, going online to find local classes being taught through a certified trainer or public speaker will be another option. They're not at this point a lot of these in the marketplace today. However, I envision that there will be more etiquette instructors getting certified to do these extracurricular trainings as the market grows. There is information on the Internet about etiquette. However, I just don't see a lot of people pursuing that. Just reading a book or a website about etiquette practices is not an easy way to learn social skills. And carrying around a book to look up particular etiquette information is not very user-friendly. Generally, or time efficient. Or time efficient, exactly. <laughs> Generally, etiquette is best learned through hands-on and in a classroom setting or one-on-one. It seems to imprint the information better, and it helps the student become proficient quicker. So, Sandy, i got one minute to, to wrap up uh, my time here with you. Can you talk about the risk of not knowing uh, proper etiquette standards? Absolutely. Like all other education, the more informed one is, the greater the options are for personal success, monetarily, peer status, leadership potential, socially. At some point, lack of knowledge of etiquette will restrict personal growth and likely will limit getting what one wants in life. 
Etika's basic social skills. We humans are, are social creatures. It stands to reason that the more we know and are practiced, the greater our chances for personal satisfaction and fulfillment. Many great leaders have commented on the value of etiquette or, or manners. One of my favorite comes from Clarence Thomas, Associate Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, and he said, good manners open doors the best education cannot. That's a clarifying thought, and I think he's right. Love it, Sandy. Thanks, thank you so much for joining me in sh- studio and sharing a little bit on uh, adequate Sandy, website that my listeners can go to. Yes, absolutely. www.etiquetteforyou.com. Wonderful. Thanks again, Sandy. Thank you. Coming up next in the Money Hour, discover your vision and your passion behind your work and your organization. Sally Fox with Engaging Presence right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Do you want to make your message more memorable and have your business be noticed by the right customers? Do you want your presentations to have more pizzazz? And how about having more impact with your bio, LinkedIn profile, or about page? You need story power. Sally Fox of EngagingPresence.com will show you how to use stories to turbocharge your business. Coach and consultant Sally Fox of EngagingPresence.com will teach you to grow more business, reach customers, and improve your presentations and social media presence. With over 30 years' experience coaching business leaders, Sally knows how to take her clients to the heart of what matters most to them and translate their stories into ones customers want to hear. Whether you're working on your branding, social media presence, or creating a killer presentation, Sally Fox of EngagingPresence.com can help. Sign up today for her newsletter at EngagingPresence.com and receive great ideas and tips on increasing your creativity, productivity, and storytelling skills. Or send a message to Sally at EngagingPresence.com and tell her you heard her on the Money Hour radio show and she'll give you a free 30-minute consultation. I'm Sally Fox and your story matters. Let me help you bring it to the world through your presentations, website, or social media. Contact me today at www.engagingpresence.com for your free consultation or to sign up for my newsletter. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 6th show. I'm here to help you in today's market make the best financial decisions. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast to talk with the guests that I have in studio. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. Right now in studio, Sally Fox with Engaging Presence. Discover your vision and the passion behind your work and your organization. Sally, thank you so much for joining me in studio today. I am delighted to be here, Tina. And a little background about Sally. Dr. Sally Fox helps professionals and their organization create great stories that help them connect with their customers and stand out in an information-glutted world. She guides her clients to identify their strengths and their uniqueness and connect their stories to what their customers need. With an MBA and a PhD in leadership and 
25 years consulting experience, Sally guided hundreds of professionals and organizations to engage with their customers and present their present their message in ways that stand out. And I, you know, I think it's so important, Sally, what you're doing. And I'm I, again, I'm I told you before we started the show how excited I was to talk about you because I, I don't think that there's enough importance put on how important this is to be able to tell your story and not to be able to tell your story just for your clients, but tell your story so you can have passion in what you're doing. That's right. People feel it. You know, yes. and somebody who has authentic passion for their story, if their story also connects with what the customer wants, is unstoppable because people feel that. It's not just the words. It's the energy that people yes. feel behind it. And you're, you're not talking about the little red riding hood story here, right? Explain no, to my not. listeners what you mean by, by story. Well, you know, I, I think there's a place in life, and those of us who've had kids and have told stories to our kids, there's a lot of room for fables and fairy tales. But in business, the big, um, the big distinction is you always want your story to connect to your customer. Yes. And that's why it's so important, because I say that we're in the connection economy. People, your audience, your customers, they want to connect with you. And story is a great vehicle to be able to, to do that. And I think uh, as, a, as a professional, knowing your story and your why behind that is important. So sometimes I think when you're going from a direction to be able to share your story with, with your clients and your employees and your workforce, you're also getting an opportunity to really find out the truth behind what you're doing. That's right. Really working on your story is a little bit like strategic planning. The, yeah. the more you do, the more you actually discover about how much you have to contribute. So it's actually a great tool to uncover the kind of resource that you have that you might not even have thought of. So, Sally, what is that story doing to enable each individually to stand out? Well, first of all, story is linking your personal work to a larger story about what's evolving in the marketplace. You know, your... The mortgage industry and the real estate industry have been through so many changes Mm -hmm. in the past 10 years. And so if you can come in and say, I understand, here's the possibility that we see in the industry, and here is the obstacle, and now I'm here with a background and experience, Mm -hmm. a story that matches it, to really take you somewhere. Then people can feel, oh, okay, here's a person that I can begin to trust because her story is authentic and Mm -hmm. compelling and really makes it real. It it lets her customer know that this is the person who can really do the work for her. makes total sense, Sally. And what about the customer? How do we link our stories to the customer's stories? Now, that's a great question because, you know, in a sense, we have multiple stories going on. We have our own personal story mm-hmm. of how we got into the business and our own unique edge in the business. Okay. We have the industry story about what's changing, how the market's opening up, where the opportunities are. And then we have the customer story. Mm-hmm. So I bet much of... M- Many, many, many real estate agents and and financial planning specialists know that they need to get into the heart of what the customer really wants. Yes. And to do that, you can ask great questions. They begin to open up, what's the story over here? Not just, you know, I want a great house at a low price in a good neighborhood, Mm -hmm. but what's what's the heart and soul of what's behind this? What is it they're really asking for? And what's the story that has gotten them to where they are today? All of that is amazingly important data 
when you're really wanting to make that kind of connection with your yeah. customer. And, and, you know, that's so true, Sally, and, and especially in real estate, because home ownership is, is such a, there is an important why behind somebody getting a home and really opening that up and having that conversation to get to their story actually is going to help them to make the decisions on what they, what they really need in a house and what they don't, which is important, especially in this market with the lack of inventory. So it goes on such a, uh, uh, such a deep level, but level, but at the same time, it, it's just the basic of getting what they want out of this investment and understanding the reason behind it. Absolutely. And I, I can remember when I, I bought my first house, I think it was 26, 27 years ago, I had just split up with my partner and mm-hmm. we had been looking for a house together and then I just knew it wasn't going to work. So I went out on my own and I said, I'm going to find a little house that I can afford in Seattle. Now, my real estate agent at the time, she knew my backstory. She understood a little of what I went through. She mm-hmm. understood the frustration, the looking for a house with this guy who looked like he'd be great, but then it turned out to not be the one. And here I was taking the big risk of standing on my own and putting my own down payment into this investment. Mm -hmm. She knew that. She got it. She held me. And then we went out and we did all the things of checking out multiple houses and getting a full sense of what it was I was looking for. But I tell you, I wouldn't have stuck with her in the same way if I didn't feel so totally gotten. Yes. She really understood my backstory. Makes it makes total sense. Now, Sally, a lot of professionals and especially um, people I'm sure that you work with are very successful and they have some pretty big stories. So how do they share their stories with their clients without sounding like they're bragging? That is such a great question because when all you have to share is the story about how you've made so much money and done such great work for your clients and Mm -hmm. everything sounds like it's just worked out fine. It's an impressive story, but it doesn't connect with the heart of your customer. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, your customer wants to feel you're human, you're real, you can relate to them. So being able to share a little bit of where you come from and what were the obstacles that you had to overcome or what were those pivotal moments that really strengthen your commitment to serve them. I mean, you can take things that perhaps were a little bit difficult in your life and and then show that they all link together to support the service that you're going to offer. That's a lot more compelling than just saying, look at my Mercedes, look at my income, look at how well-dressed I am. I've got it all together. Well, that's great, but some of your audience just isn't going to relate to that without feeling your heart. Yeah, and Sally, I have to ask you something, uh, you know, uh, personal. If you go to my website, you'll see my uh, my personal core values, which are around um, my, my actual quotes that I wrote. And that's as much as I give on, on a, a level to my clients because there's not enough time and I'm really focused on the, you know, what we need to do and their loan program and education. And it's really all about... Th- Options and I don't have that time in connecting. So how do you share your story without when when you just you, you don't have the time because your time is getting spent in really what they're there to talk with you about? Mm. How do you blend blend that into? Well, first of all, you, you're not going to in your case you're not going to lead with your personal story because mm-hmm. you want to get right there down to work. You have limited time and you really honor. Your Their time. time. Exactly. However, there are those little moments that come in between that you can use to give that sense of, I'm with you, mm-hmm. I understand, I have something similar. So um, that you can weave it in without taking away from the important work that you're doing to, Makes sense. quote, tell a story. Got it. And the other thing is, Tina, look, you're doing this radio show. Mm-hmm. That is tremendous 
um, contribution to the com- community. Mm-hmm. So when people see that, they already know, hmm, there's something a little different about this Tina Mitchell because she's making a huge commitment to supporting other people's financial uh, well-being and their, and their wealth. She's not just taking it all in for herself. Yeah. Hmm. You know, so I don't know if that was behind your story, but certainly that comes through sure. in the kind of um, service you're giving to the community. Well, thank you, Sally. So story and brand, can you uh, explain to my, my listeners that, uh, the difference between your story and your brand? For me, the story comes first. It's okay. kind of like the pre-brand. Mm-hmm. And so what I do with people is I work with them so they really understand, okay, what's, what's my core strength? Where do I see my industry going? Mm-hmm. How does my story relate to that? And then you have that, and you can take it out to someone who's going to do your branding and marketing. And okay. Say, I want to make sure that everything I do, that my look, that my communications, that my social media strategy, I want them to all reinforce who I am and how I'm here to serve. Now, some of the great branding people will take you through that story. Mm-hmm. And yet with some, you know, it takes a little bit of time to really pull out what is the most important piece of the story and how to make it coherent so it's not all over the map. So you mentioned social media, Sally. How do you connect social media with your story? I mean, I know there's a lot of ways, and that's probably kind of a sensitive area as well because you don't want to connect too much on your your personal side and your story and the social media when it's business. But how do these two come come together? How do you take advantage of social media? That's a good question. That's a good question for all of us because sometimes so much is smattered out there on Facebook. Yes. You kind of go, well, who is this person really? But I think for a professional to be able to say, I can use social media media to give a human face to what Mm -hmm. I'm doing. However, I still want to always relate it back to um, what am I here to do? What's really going to benefit my customers? So they may not need to know about that late night party I went to. Mm -hmm. And if I went to Burning Man, maybe I keep it off the books (laughs) because I want people to understand the parts of my story that really reinforce how I'm going to help them. So if we're professionals who are going to be checked out on social media, I think it's really important to be personal. Mm-hmm. I think it's great to share little bits that will humanize. Like I'm, I'm working with this organization called Get Storied. I'm part of their team. And it's okay. a wonderful place. And at Get Storied, the, the, um, um, the leader there is always sharing about his love of chocolate. Everybody knows him, knows he's a chocolateaholic. Yeah. It's a really small thing that doesn't detract from what he's bringing to the market, mm-hmm. but it gives a face to who he is. Makes it, That makes so much sense. And if, if I have listeners, I have a lot of, um, the Money Hour really is about bringing the best of the best in all areas regarding financing to share with consumers on everything that they need to know because there's, a, there's so many different arenas in our money and you really can be an expert, I believe, at one thing. An expert realtor, expert mortgage, expert credit expert, expert as you in helping people tell their story and, and bringing it all into business. So how does, if, if I have a professional that's listening today, how do they get more information? Well, they can uh, go to my website, which is www.engagingpresence.com. There they'll see my phone number and they can okay. call up and I would, could do a free introductory consultation just okay. to find out where they're at. Because w- what it sounds like ma- much of your audience needs is real clarity, mm-hmm. like how to have the most compelling case in the shortest amount of time 
that really speaks to the heart of what they do and connects them with customers. Yes. And that's the work that we could we can do together. And then, of course, that can be rolled into branding and marketing and mm-hmm. lots of other applications. So, Sally, if you had one tip, something that's most important to do right now and is easy just to to um, to get a, a start in this, what would that be, an exercise or anything that you can think of? Well, I would think about two things at the same time, and then okay. I would link them together. Okay. I would think, what is it that is my irrefutable undeniable strength that I know that I'm bringing that is my unique contribution Mm -hmm. to this industry. And then I would say, how do I link that to what I know will benefit my customers? Got it. Make it a clear song. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sally. It was a a pleasure uh, talking with you, and I appreciate so much um, you sharing your information and your expertise with my listeners, and I know it'll be a great uh, podcast. So if you're listening and you missed uh, Sally's segment, just go to themoneyhour.com, and after the the, uh, show, you'll see it online. And Sally, again, thank you so much for taking time with me. I so much appreciate it. Thank you, Tina. It was a delight. This is Tina Mitchell signing out for the day. I want to wish all of you a happy Seafair weekend. Go Blue Angels. And it is actually the 70th anniversary for Seafair. So have fun this weekend. Be safe. I'll be here same time, same place right here on 1150 AM KKNW. The preceding program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information.